Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. I'm Hilmari Hutchison, and today's guest, Sara Danetti, is a superhero for sleep-deprived parents. Sara is a pediatric sleep consultant who turned her own chaotic nights into dreams of slumber with two kids. So without giving too much away, let's hear from Sara herself. Sara, welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really happy to be here. So to start off, please tell us a bit about yourself and your story. Who is Sara Nanetti? I think first and foremost, as you said, I am a mom to two kids and I'm about to have a third one. And I am a mom who tries very hard to be a good enough one. And sometimes, of course, I fail. I am a woman with lots of passions ranging from pop rock music to tennis. I am a sleep nerd, of course. I'm really, really interested in why and how we sleep. And of course, I am a proud pediatric sleep consultant and I really love my job helping families get the rest that they need. Congratulations on expecting your third baby. So Thank exciting. you. I'm excited. Yeah. You call yourself a sleep nerd? <laughs> yes, I do. Well, I do. She's got the expert to help her with the sleep side of things. Let's go further back in your history. So you were raised in Italy? I was. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, yes, I was raised in Italy. I was a terrible sleeper myself. In fact, uh, being now a pediatric sleep consultant, if I could take the green pill to go back in time and change one thing about my own journey, of course, that would be to go back 30 years and help my mom help me sleep independently. Because at that time, I feel like nobody knew anything about the physiology of infant sleep. But still, I had the feeling like I knew from a very, very young age that something was off with the way I used to fall asleep. And as a matter of fact, I co-slept with my mom for 16 years and I used to have serious bedtime anxiety. Now I know that this was due to the fact that I didn't know how to fall asleep independently. And I know as a pediatric sleep consultant that this is a skill that you can learn. And unfortunately, when I think about myself, I only learned this skill as an adult, of course. So it is my mission to make sure that not only my kids, all of the kids that I work with get to learn this skill as soon as they can. How incredible. So your childhood also is part of what probably inspired you to get on this journey. Let me actually ask you that question. What inspired you to become a pediatric sleep consultant and how did your own parenting journey influence this decision? I really, really struggled with my firstborn sleep. And um, of course, it was not sleeping well. Sleep deprivation hit me real hard. And um, I didn't want for him to grow up with bedtime anxiety as I did, of course. So it became very clear from a very early stage in my journey as a mother that I had to do something to help my child sleep better. But however, and you mentioned that I was raised in Italy and it's good that you did because being a stereotypical Italian mom, mamma italiana, you know, who from a cultural perspective is used to being very physical when it comes to caring for her offspring. Of course, I absolutely did not want my child to cry it out or to be left alone to be able to sleep well. And it was then then that I started researching on infant sleep and I found this amazing sleep consultant that helped me implement healthy sleep habits with my own son. This led me to eventually implement healthy sleep habits for me as well and to learn those skills that I hadn't learned when I was a child. This is my story, what inspired me to become a pediatric sleep consultant. 
You mentioned some sleep challenges with your own children. So can you share some of those sleep challenges that you faced with your own children and then how you overcame them? Absolutely. I have had two very different experiences when it comes to my two kids. My firstborn, my son Gabriele, he had split nights but would be able to sleep peacefully wherever. Stroller, baby carrier, car seat, plane, train, you name it. My daughter... Bianca, she is two years younger than my son, and she started sleeping a solid 12 hours through the night, of course, by the time she was four months old. But she was so used to an ideal sleep environment, meaning her crib, total darkness and silence, that she would really struggle when napping on the go. So I feel like with my son, I really had to focus on a proper schedule to avoid overtiredness and to make sure that just, you know, his day leading up to bedtime time was perfect and would lead to a perfect hormonal balance when it comes to melatonin and cortisol, which are the hormones responsible for sleep and for staying awake. With my daughter, I just had to be patient and to accept that <laughs> there was no other way. She was a perfect sleeper, but she needed an ideal environment when it came to sleep. And I feel like I had to accept it because every child is different. So I think this is a good example of the challenges that I personally went through as a mom when it came to my children's sleep. That's amazing, right? That they both so had such different problems or challenges with sleeping. So you can't expect that all your kids are going to be the same or that they're going to be like you in the way they sleep. Yeah, every child is unique. And this shows, you know, that even two siblings can be totally different when it comes to sleep. Yes. Absolutely. And this would have also been some good training for you in the challenges that you would face working with other people. So what would you say are some of the common sleep challenges that you encounter in your work with other people? It really depends on the child's age because for babies, for example, I think the most common sleep challenge that my clients face would probably be the feature sleep association. And this can happen to both breastfeeding and bottle feeding moms. And it means that the baby can only fall asleep while being fed. Whereas when it comes to toddlers and older kids, I feel like many parents find it really, really hard to set healthy boundaries. And these children end up being little dictators and they are in charge of their own routines. And of course, we do want our kids to grow up as strong, independent humans. But at this age, they don't really have the skills to recognize what it is right or wrong. And sleep deprivation can have a serious impact on their performance at school or on their ability to regulate their emotions. And I feel like they need to be guided by their parents when it comes to understanding the importance of good, sufficient sleep. So teaching the parents about it is key when it comes to making sure that our toddlers and older kids are getting good quality and sufficient sleep. It's so important for parents to have strategies to deal with these situations. Don't let just whatever they decide or whatever the child decides, because I know, you know, child-led parenting is very popular, but that can have negative consequences for children if it ends up that they don't sleep well and they don't get enough or sufficient sleep. You called yourself earlier a sleep nerd. How long have you been a pediatric sleep consultant? For more than three years now, and I have worked with more than 200 families. So I feel like I'm learning every day. So of course, I have broad education. I underwent one of the most extensive sleep training programs for uh, sleep consultants, of course. But at the same time, I feel like every time I work with a new family, I learn something because as I said, again, and I really truly believe that this is true, every child is unique and will have their own sleep challenges 
challenges. So, and every family is unique, of course, as a whole. So I feel like I'm learning every day and I love this about my job. How does your customized approach to sleep training different from other methods? And how do you ensure it aligns with a family's parenting style? I usually tell my clients that based on the evaluation of their unique sleep struggles, we will opt for the methods that suit their child the most. There are scientific reasons why I would recommend one method or another. But at the same time, if I feel like it would be too hard for them to implement what I am suggesting, then we work as a team to find maybe compromise and we try and make sure that we will still get results and that they can proceed at their own pace. Of course, sleep training can be as fast or as gradual as you wish. And um, I feel like it is very important to understand that some parents might struggle in doing something that feels a little bit off when it comes to their parenting style. But of course, I also want them to know that sometimes being too gradual might confuse the child or it might make it even harder for them to go ahead with the program because we're talking about sleep deprived parents here. So their ability to judge is not always 100% there. So I really feel like I'm being a coach that I'm guiding them towards making better choices and informed choices, of course. For our audience to understand how your approach works or how your system works, can you explain how you work with families to improve not only the child's sleep, but also the overall family dynamics? I always say that sleep is multifactorial. So when we try to help a child sleep better, we look at their life as a whole. I want to know what it is that they're eating, what activities they are being offered during the day, if they have enough time to emotionally and physically connect with their parents before they go to sleep, if they are taking any medications that might impact with sleep, how they are doing at school, and if there are any sibling dynamics, for example, that should be taken into account. And This allows me not only to provide professional advice when it comes to when and how the child should sleep, but also suggestions on how to schedule their daily routines to make sure that their physical, emotional and environmental needs are met. And this usually makes parents feel like they're being better parents overall, not just when it comes to sleep. I can imagine it does that. What are some common misconceptions or myths about pediatric sleep and how do you address them? Not only do we witness parents that don't know anything about infant sleep and that struggle because of that, of course, but I feel like nowadays many parents have worked with sleep consultants and they tend to suffer from what we call sleep perfectionism. So these two extremes make me think about at least three misconceptions about pediatric sleep being one, you don't need to sleep train your child because eventually they will sleep through the night. And this is not true as we see more and more older kids. And I was just on a call yesterday with a mom of a nine-year-old that still struggle. And sleep is a skill that you can learn, but you don't necessarily grow into it. Second misconception would be that Keeping your kids awake during the day will let them sleep better at night. And this is so untrue, like overtiredness will make cortisol levels spike. And this is a recipe for a nighttime disaster, of course. And a third misconception would be that sleep training is a quick fix. I would like for this to be true, but honesty, every child is unique and will take their time to learn how to sleep well. And every age group has its own challenges. So the strategies that you might have adopted for your baby, I mean, 
mean, maybe you have to slightly change them and modify them when your baby is older, because of course there will be new challenges according to the new developmental phase that your child is now going through. So I feel like these are three misconceptions that are worth just explaining to parents and let them know that there's another way or there's another truth. Yes, exactly. So to be aware of these and that it's not necessarily true when people believe that. What are some practical tips or strategies that parents can implement today to improve their child's sleep quality and overall family well-being? The first piece of advice that I would like to give parents is definitely respect age-appropriate wake windows because this means that instead of waiting for tired cues in your baby or child that usually mean that they are too tired, you can take a look at the clock and be the one to suggest that they start prepping for sleep. This is truly important not only to prevent overtiredness, as I said before, but also to prevent Undertiredness. So we want our kids to go to sleep when they're just the right amount of tired. And I feel like this is really a super important thing to know when you have young kids. And the sleep schedule is so important for children. I know with my daughter when she was little, we had a pretty set sleep schedule, which I think also helped her to know when things were going to happen in her life, which also makes that getting into sleep a little bit easier. Exactly. And I feel like if they know what to expect, it's a way of respecting them. Like you cannot just uh, switch off your kid and expect for them to go from totally active to asleep. You have to give them time to prepare for sleep. And this usually is the key to make sure that their body and mind peacefully drift to sleep and transition from day to night. Yes, to have those rituals that slowly take them from a very active state to slowly getting them down to where they are ready for sleeping. How does technology and screen time affect children's sleep and what advice do you have for managing screen time for kids? Research shows that the blue light produced by devices such as mobile phones, iPads, and television can block the production of melatonin, which is the hormone responsible for sleep. This, of course, means that if your child watches too much TV close to bedtime, the quality of their sleep will be impacted. I usually suggest that all electronic devices that a child is allowed to use are switched off at least one hour before they go to sleep. Very good advice. We just uh, spoke about schedules and rituals around sleep time for children. Could you please share some tips and strategies for parents to create a sleep conducive environment for their children? Of course, creating and introducing a consistent bedtime routine is uh, paramount. And uh, this, again, as I said before, will cue the child's body and mind that the time has come to transition from day into night. Bedtime and uh, wake time consistency is also key, as this will help, of course, the child's internal clock regulate, make sure they have a nutritious diet, of course, and that they are getting enough physical activity during the day. I would say for working parents, try and carve out time to be with your kids in the hours leading to bedtime, if you can, of course, because it's very important for them to have that physical and emotional connection before they go to sleep. Otherwise, they might look for it during the night if they didn't get enough uh, during the day. And this is truly important. Lastly, I would say ask for help. So sleep consultants are there to understand exactly what has to be tweaked in the child's life for sleep to work. So don't be afraid of just raising your hand and say, <laughs> I need help, please. As a parent yourself and as an expected mom, what is one piece of advice you would share with new parents or parents-to-be? 
my advice, and as you said, it wouldn't just be for other parents, but also to myself as I prepare for my third child, is maybe to trust your instincts and be patient. And as I said before, there is nothing wrong in asking for help. So if you are not sure you're doing the right thing, sometimes you just need an objective set of eyes to guide you through what you inherently know is right for you. So don't be ashamed if you feel like you're not able to solve the situation yourself. And professionals are out there to provide advice and to help you make the change that you need to make in your family's life. I think that's so important, as you say, not to feel embarrassed or to feel, well, I should know everything myself. Be willing to ask for help because there are people who certainly are experts at this that can guide us so that we don't make mistakes right from the get-go, that we can get it right and at least give ourselves and our children the best possible start on their way in sleeping themselves. Now we've come to our game show section of the podcast where I'll ask you some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay, I hope I am. Okay. One quick tip for parents trying to establish a consistent bedtime routine. To not give up if something is not working for one day because it takes time for change to happen. So if your child is used to falling asleep very late at night and maybe they're doing that because they're super tired and cortisol, you know, will make their body just go into hyperactivity mode, there's no quick fix. They will not be able to fall asleep at eight sharp the next day. Maybe it takes time for them to adjust their body clock to the new time. So just be patient and And uh, of course, if you try something, don't give up after one day. It might take time. So at least try for one week. And with consistency, I'm pretty sure you will be able to solve the situation. Is there one essential ritual that helps a child to fall asleep? I feel like um, it's not just one ritual, but a series of activities included in their bedtime routines that can be repeated every night in the same order will be helpful for them just to know what to expect and to recognize, you know, that the day is ending and that the time is coming to go to sleep. And this will just make it easier for them to accept that they have to go to standby mode because sometimes, especially for toddlers, they have so much to do. They're learning so much and cognitively they're so active that it is very, very hard for them to just uh, press pause. So it's very, very important to just offer that repetitive bedtime routine. And for yourself as an adult, is there a bedtime routine for yourself? There should be, absolutely. Every adult should give their own sleep the same importance that they give their children's sleep. Of course, when I spoke earlier about the importance of turning off all electronic devices at least one hour before your children go to sleep. This applies to adults as well. And as a mom, I understand that once your kids are asleep, all you want to do is watch reels on Instagram or binge watch a series on Netflix. But at the same time, this will impact on the quality of your sleep and a sleep-deprived parent will not be a good parent. So it's really important to focus on our own sleep and not only to our kids' sleep. I love that. I think that's excellent advice. And what is one thing that you do every day, no matter how busy you get? I really love working out. I have always been into sports. I've played tennis my whole life. And um, even though it's a little bit harder for me right now because I am pregnant, I always try to have at least 20 minutes where I am being physically active. And I feel like that really, really helps with mental clarity as well. 
Thank you so much for playing along. That was the end of our game show. Now, before we wrap up, we'd like to do our green pill moment. So if you could take the green pill and go back in time and change one thing about your journey, what would it be? As I said before, of course, I would like to go back in time 30 years and tell my mom what to do when she was struggling with me as a a very bad sleeper. But if I could go back in time uh, and I think about my motherhood journey, of course, I would love to know more myself about the physiology of infant sleep because I didn't when I first became a mom. And uh, I feel like this is super important for moms to be a new moms and new parents in general, not only moms, even dads. And it's so important to give them the knowledge that they need to be able to set and implement healthy sleep habits right from the get-go. And you can start as early as the very first days after you leave the hospital with your brand new baby. And this will set you and your baby, of course, up for sleep success and many Kids don't even have to be sleep trained because they are so used to having good sleep habits that they eventually learn how to sleep well because, of course, the parents are promoting good sleep. Sarah, thank you so much for having shared your incredible journey with us today. Your story is truly inspiring and I'm so sure our audience is going to enjoy this conversation. And I love the concept of having somebody like you to guide new parents, particularly because there's so much new when you first have a, when you have a baby that everything is so confusing. So to have somebody guide you in this one area, that you don't have to guess what's the right thing to do, don't have to believe the myths that people have, I think is absolutely brilliant. So thank you for making this kind of service available to people. Thank you for having me and thank you for uh, spreading the word about what it is that sleep consultants do and uh, about the importance of our job. Because as you said, I was also once sleep deprived mom that had to ask for help. And it was just a real turning point in my life as a parent. And uh, I really appreciate what this person did for me. And this is the reason why I fell in love with the job and I decided to become a pediatric sleep coach myself. Before we wrap up, could you please tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And we'll also include this in the show notes. Of course, yeah. I am part of um, a team of sleep consultants and uh, the team is called Savvy Sleep. So you can find us online and the website would be www.savvy-sleep.com or Instagram, of course, is where you can find us almost daily. And that would be at savvy.sleep. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I wish you all the very best in your continued journey. Thank you so much for having me and all the best to you as well. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.